Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast. Look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and apparently occasionally doing special bonus episodes as well, because this is a special occasion. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? I'm very good, Darren, because I, I just opened my uh, book of notes, my script uh, for this episode, and um, uh, it's, it says Star Wars 3, question mark, 6, <laughs> question mark, and then it says Return of the Jedi. I think it says last, last, I think it's the last Jedi. That's the one everybody's really excited about. We got a lot of hype about this. So we just thought we'd drop it midweek with absolutely no warning whatsoever. <laughs> no, we, uh, we have a very special guest here. As you may have listened at the weekend, we had Scott Mendelson from Forbes magazine on talking to us about one of his favorite movies of all time. That's the 1990 version of Captain America. Now, when we mentioned to a close friend of the podcast that we were going to be talking about this cinematic landmark, they reached back and they said, hey, why didn't you reach out to, to us? Why didn't you think of us when you're doing it? So we are thrilled to have a fantastic supplemental episode with Playgirl's own Andy Mellowish. How are you? Hi, Darren. I'm great. Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, too. Thrilled to have you, Andy. It's fantastic. We don't have you on often enough. And we're like, we were very excited that you got back and you said, I would love to talk about this. Because I very often worry that I'm like bothering and harassing people. And I'm like, hey, would you like to talk about this? So it's really fun to have somebody say, nope. I want to talk about this. Not before I bothered and harassed him. No way, man. I love Fair this. point. It's good to delegate it. I outsource <laughs> that to Andrew It's nice this not week. to have to do all the bothering and harassing for once. Yeah, myself. Sometimes I just give myself a week off. Yeah. But yeah, no. So uh, Andy Mellowish, the wonderful Andy Mellowish. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Well, no, thank you for having me. It, it's always a pleasure. I, I, I love to see your faces and hear your voices. Ah, thanks. That's fantastic. And um, so we're talking about Captain America, the 1990 version, directed by um, Albert Puen. And I wanted to ask, what was it about Captain America that kind of made you go, hey, why'd you leave me out? What are you guys doing? You're characterizing. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Andy kind of <laughs> respond, answer the question. That wasn't no, exactly the conversation. <laughs> no, yeah, let, let's say fine. it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I am kidding. I am kidding. That's of exactly course. how that went down. <laughs> yeah, but no. What, what was it that said? Actually, I would. This is a movie that I love. Um, let's talk about it. I think it's probably one of the first superhero films I ever saw. Like not including um, Tim Burton's Batman, but I just real. I I tried to rewatch parts of it um, in between actually demanding as I did to come on the podcast. And the actual <laughs> recording, which was about 20 minutes of free time, I realized you can actually watch uh, Captain America on YouTube for free. It's always a good um, sign. So I gave myself a little highlights reel. This oh. film takes itself. This film takes itself so seriously, and I love it. And, <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt about it when I watched it as a kid, I remember. Oh my God, he's going to have the strength and speed of a world-class athlete. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, he's going to throw that shield. He's going to wear that costume. He's a living embodiment of America. Yeah, in maybe like early 90s America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a very specific, very, very short um, kind of um, version of America where the... Cold War was kind of over, but not quite. Yeah, it's, it's the we won version of America. It's like liberal Western democracy has triumphed. 
Captain America who went on the ice during the Second World War, he's emerged for this victory lap is basically where we are, I think, when this yeah. thing starts. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to do any of that troublesome Cuban Missile Crisis stuff. He didn't have to do any of that foreign intervention. He certainly wasn't doing anything in Central or South America. No, this is this is the greatest generation right back at you. <laughs> no, it's, it's that kind of um, optimism of like... Um... Now that capitalism has won the Cold War, like <laughs> we get to be the good guys now. We we've no one we've no enemies to be mendacious towards. So um capitalism is just gonna save the world and Hello <laughs> Do you want a cheese? Hello chip? the po- Do you want a cheese bite? I do love the idea of, of Andrew's uh, fiance appearing as a, a an on appearing guest star on the podcast. Like like the wife of Captain Manoring. If Fraser and Niles. <laughs> or yeah, Fraser and Niles. <laughs> um, oh god, my uh, reference is a bit dated. <laughs> yeah. Much like this movie we're talking about. Like Andy, I had very little time between podcast recordings, so I decided I would grab some fast food. And that is the sound of mastication that you hear on the podcast. But yeah, so like in terms of watching it as a, as a child, was it a was it a favorite in the VHS? Was it something that you watched repeatedly? Do you have like how concrete are your memories of it? Like what do you remember? Because as you kind of alluded to, we're doing this almost off memory at this point. Yeah, yeah. I it my memories of it. I've probably got like three solid memories, and they're all. My child mind made them a lot more dramatic and awesome than they actually are on screen, which is, I think, a testament to my the power of my own imagination. Um, well, the- but no, no, it wasn't a VHS or anything that we got to see regularly. The I think that's what made it so magical. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, you mean there are there are films that aren't Disney classics or Dirty Dancing that my mum wants to watch. It's like there, there's there's a film that feels like it was made just for me, and and that's nice. And you know, I as geeky as I am, I I'm not actually a comics reader, so I was this was just like a huge injection of like, oh my god, I feel like one of those hyper knowledgeable Marvel YouTubers, but I I don't actually know anything about it. <laughs> but, <laughs> Well, they, they, this was aspirational. Yeah, it was time. aspirational. Like it was, it was like a download of Captain America's greatest hits. It's like, wow, I I could be this much of a dork. Yeah, yeah. But to, to be fair, the film plays relatively fast and loose with any comic book continuity, as a lot of these early adaptations did. And I think that's actually to its strength. I I miss the days when a movie like Batman from 1989 could just say, oh, by the way, Joe, the Joker killed Batman's parents because this is a movie and that's the clear kind of context and arc that we are giving this movie, as opposed to today, where if you did something like that, the comic book purists would be like, it's not like that in the comics, you're doing it wrong. And so I say as a comic book purist... It's, it's and the weird thing about the the Nolan Batman is that they introduced Joe Chill as a character, a character who presumably, when written, sounded um, like a real bad guy, like Joe. <laughs> it, but, but it was but, like the nineteen thirties. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's like a, a chilling criminal. Mine. He's going to put you yeah. on ice. Yeah, <laughs> ice to meet you. Uh, but, 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 He's a cold-blooded killer. But then you 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 put that in like um, in the 2010s and call him Joe Chill, and he sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you kind of want to hang out with him, you know. <laughs> Joe Joe Chill's got 1.5 million subs. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, no, no, it absolutely is not. And I think like that's the thing. You mentioned this being a movie designed for kids. Watching it, that's exactly what it felt like. Is that it? It's a movie that is very specifically tailored for an audience that is somewhere between the ages of like eight and twelve. Like it is absurdly violent. Like there's absurd dashes of kind of like like random machine gun firing. There's gratuitous kind of like women in bikinis at certain points. He has hey, to go to a beach. It's not gratuitous. <laughs> it's very much in service of the plot. Like Thank you very amount. much. Um, yeah. How else would Captain America know that he'd arrived in California in the nineties if there wasn't a woman? <laughs> exactly. Woman, uh, what are you going to do? Like the- remove all the bikini-clad women. Um, yep, from this movie. Um, but yeah, and, and the fact that it is kind of... It's like, already a short enough movie, as it, it is. It is. I mean, otherwise you'd be dipping on the 90-minute mark. And the kind of weird wish fulfillment plot you have with, like, the president character, who's this little kid who saw Captain America one time, then grew up to be president, and got to save Captain America's life. It's a movie that knows it's aimed at kids, which is interesting in an age where comic book movies increasingly feel like they're aimed at adults, or they're, they're like, they want to be primarily focused at like not making adults feel embarrassed watching them which is interesting i would say that that film and modern superhero films are catering to the exact same audience just at different stages in their lives because i want you to i want you to expand on that i want you to like dig (laughs) keep digging because you know as a child when i when i would have watched this um, this is exactly the film I needed, and now having grown up, and everyone else who was a child at that age has also grown up, we demand films that are going to cater to our adult tastes. So it's it's the exact same audience, but not the the exact same demographic, if you know what I mean. Very good. So like the argument is that yeah, the audience that watched this grew up, and they're now being catered to. And is it, 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 that kind of goes back to what we spoke about with Return of the Jedi? Yeah, where that kind of audience grows up with the films, and they. But the, the issue with Return of the Jedi is that like the kids who grew up watching Star Wars are now like what eight years older, six years older. And they're like, this is stupid kid stuff now. Yeah, because I'm twelve and I'm grown up and I want to be taken seriously. And it's like, yeah, whereas with Empire it, 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 Strikes Back, they're like, yeah, I'm 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 old enough now to to watch this like far darker movie. I can handle torture. Darker like, and serious too. and edgier. <laughs> yeah, obligatory RoboCop reference, even in a mini episode. Even <laughs> episode. But you, I like that you don't get a RoboCop reference; you get a RoboCop two reference. Gratuitous uh, RoboCop you... reference. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, no, I, I think though there is something to what you're suggesting there, and like the fact that like the bottom 100 is lousy with all these like superhero movies from this era. So things like this, things like Steel, things like Catwoman from 2004, and the fact that like the kids who watched this and grew up and got like the MCU are now kind of embarrassed by this because they're like it's not really like the comics it's it's kind of stupid it doesn't really work it looks cheap it you know it doesn't take itself seriously it doesn't respect the material it's kind of interesting that you have like in terms of that idea of evolution and people who grew up with it the idea that this movie ends up on the bottom 100 that's that's interesting isn't it it is um maybe a bit sad maybe it's um it's it's being cast aside by a more discerning audience as they've grown up and realized that these films can actually be made with quality. Apologies to listeners for all of the noise. I was trying to gesture that I was having cheese uh, bites and not chicken nuggets, but I've realized that cheese and chicken sound 
um, uh, quite alike if you're if you're if you're trying to make um, uh, sounds with your mouth. Um, I do I do like to make sounds with my mouth. This is an audio medium. Uh, I do a podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds with my mouth. Yeah. I mean, anything more is is just what anything more. What was I trying is... to say there? Uh, welcome to the 250 where we make sounds with our mouths um oh yes so but okay so you mentioned you had three strong memories of captain america andy so what were those three memories that stuck with you those three moments that you think of when you think about this version of the movie okay so there's that the the one i said at the start where he's gonna have this the strength and speed of a world-class athlete in my mind that was super dramatic and upon rewatching, the the guy in the background has got like this weird southern accent and a really nasal voice <laughs> yeah he's gonna have the strength and speed of a world-class athlete <laughs> and it was it was in no way as dramatic and awesome as i remembered so <laughs> i do like that he turns he turns to the guy and he's like this v- this test subject was the best of 6,000 volunteers. <laughs> it's like, we didn't have the budget to show you, Em, but you got to take our word. They were totally there. Yeah, I mean, did they all have polio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really seems like that should have, like, winnowed the field. It's like, yeah, yeah so you know. <laughs> what they mean by the, the best candidate is, the like, whoever, whoever can demonstrate, like, how miraculous this science is. The best. Least likely to sue us afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it would be interesting to see what the criteria were. Yeah. The, the the most mobile sufferer of polio, yeah, yeah, the hugest person, the largest man in America, who's <laughs> <laughs> who's going to become um, by a miracle of science um, the largest man in America who no longer has a limb. It's miraculous. It's truly miraculous. The before and after pictures must really be something. All right. So what was the second moment then? Just how freaking terrifying the Red Skull is. You mean at the start when he's got his kind of like stitched yeah, red meat mask? Face. Like he, I mean, like all respect to Hugo Weaving, this, this guy is really terrifying. Like he's... I I could imagine him being in in a current modern horror movie with lots of jump scares that doesn't get great reviews, but you know, yeah, he's definitely horror movie material, and that that was actually quite traumatizing. I I really needed Captain America to beat up this truly gruesome figure. I mean, it is interesting, like his his makeup, and I think it's it's weird where the movie's cheapness kind of almost works for it because it's so dark. And he's shot like so sparingly and he's shot at like a relative distance a lot of the time. And his red skull exists in contrast to the kind of shadowy sets around him. He does look like something from, as you point out, a horror movie. And particularly like if you're watching it as as we did, um, we watched it on, on iTunes, you watched it on YouTube. But I suspect the video quality was comparable. <laughs> Probably. Can I say again that like um, iTunes leads or, or, or like Apple as a company just let us let us watch it on our, let us Chromecast. our television. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like they're, don't don't make us buy um, an Apple TV. It doesn't TV. do anything like, except I, play your proprietary. Um... Exactly, <laughs> like you, you could just have an app in like the yeah. LG or Sony store or whatever like smart television you have, 
And that would work just as well. You don't need this dongle. But yep, yeah, no, they're they're bringing you in. They got to bring you into the ecosphere. Once they have you, they're not going to let you go, Andrew. But I, I like I think that like the movie's kind of cheapness. It looks kind of grainy. It looks like you know that VHS quality. It looks like something that your friend kind of passed you on the back of a bus that you shouldn't have. And I paid nine euro to watch this uh, <laughs> yeah. on a modern streaming service. Same. And I, and I kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I accept. Every time you do, it's like a little bit embarrassing. It's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. once we open the bottle, there's no refund. <laughs> <laughs> this goes on your record forever. Um, you can't like, get rid of us. You, you know it's on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always a good sign of a movie. When it's available in its entirety. <laughs> on YouTube. That nobody's fought to take it down because that would mean taking ownership of it. Yeah. Because again, like as soon as they send YouTube the email, YouTube goes back, are you sure you want to claim ownership of Captain America 1990? Highlander's on YouTube as well. Really? Well, yeah, I was going to mention next, Highlander. That's the next suggestion that comes up um, on my on my next watch list. And, you know, I, I would still happily pay cash money to watch Highlander and in any scenario same they, 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 you 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 have christoph lambert playing a uh, a scottish person and sean connery, <laughs> sean connery playing, playing an playing egyptian a, a spaniard isn't it they call him the spaniard he's, a, he's called the spaniard but he's originally from ancient egypt i believe oh okay. like there's several layers it's like an onion it it's has layers this nuanced, um, well this, he's, he's a lithuanian um submarine <laughs> yeah submarine um, captain. captain but to be fair to be fair, it's it's better in Highlander because at least like Lambert isn't convincingly doing an accent. It's worse in like The Hunt for Red October because every time he's in a scene with Sam Neill, you can see Sam Neill is trying to do an accent. And Sean Connery is just like, no. Um, but uh, yes, like stop, the Red Skull, though, that. to bring it back, like, stop that. Yes, I'm acting here. I, why does he sound like Bane? I apologize for that. <laughs> But it's, the idea uh, that you have the Red oh, we, Skull we, looking... We, we have we have a D&D participant. Um, Andy, Andy can tell you about... Did you pick up on that uh, one of the characters in one of our adventures was meant to be Bane? And that I was doing like a, a whole Christopher Nolan kind of homage. One of the archers said... Time to... <laughs> Was it um, time? Time to go mobile. Time to go mobile. <laughs> I imagine if you did the voice, then yes, I picked up on that. But I don't. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to behind the dice. It's so fun um, to do, especially where you have a wine glass in your mouth. Yeah. Speaking of it's, it's a work. It's an impression that everybody can do, which yeah. is kind of what's great about it. But like, I, I do think there is something there in the Red Skull, looking like something from a video nasty. Like, looking like something from a video that you... Like an Italian horror film, coincidentally, given yeah. the way the characters were Yeah, because they showed a rat as well. Yeah. A little puppet Jack rat. rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that they, they showed the video... The rat. Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Never send a man to do a rat's job. <laughs> uh, I love, by the way, that they show the footage of the rat earlier. Like they show the footage of the rat projected onto a screen Normal and then they rat. unveil it and yeah, they unveil it. And it's like, look at him now. And it's like, I don't know if I trust that that's the same rat. It looks like you just covered a, 
<laughs> you just like painted it red and slabbered some sort of like weird burning ointment all over it. Um, it's like, yeah, we swear it was a normal rat six hours ago. And it's like, yep, yeah, so you feel like doing this to a kid. That's the plan here. We That's paid the these plan. cryptozoologists to find a normal rat. And that is what <laughs> <Yeah>. this was. <laughs> I do also love the idea of, yeah, you know, let's let's take this random kid from his family for some reason, which is, I don't think it's ever quite explained why they need to, like, abduct this piano. He was pretty clever to start with. Like, he was playing Chopin's Preludes. Um, they explained it in Italian with no subtitles. That is fair. It was probably explained in depth in the sequence where they didn't give you any subtitles underneath the really long exposition scene between the Germans and Italians without with one or two lines of subtitles. Like, See, a normal rat. But now, look at him. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of like taking this kid from his family, traumatizing him by murdering his family in front of him and turning him into a Nazi super soldier. Well, that, and that, like, that's how Nazis thrive. In kind of, you know, finding people who feel... Um, uh, abandoned, <laughs> alienated. In their, a- alienated in their community. So it's like, yeah. um, it will help you there. <laughs> yeah. You feel like your family doesn't understand you. It's like they're dead to you. Well, hey, we have a cause that you can believe in and also a weird super steroid serum. Um, but yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, well, the- you can keep the Nazism, but I'll take this here. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, yeah. by, the, by the way, when they put the mask on him that they have a little gap for his nose. Because they're not inhuman monsters, these Nazis. It's like, blindfold him, but leave the nose. <laughs> you want him to smell the fear. And it's like a torture kind of a um, instrument because they kind of like screw in his his head as yeah. well. Like, 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 yeah. like it's Frankenstein's monster. Um, and then the third thing that you remember, your third big memory coming from, from this movie. Um, I haven't got to this part yet in my, in my rewatch. Um, Which is happening but, live as we're yeah. talking. Um, but Cap throws the shield and it bounces and Red Skull makes some quip and then Cap goes, heads up. And then it bonks him on the face. Yep, that's the daughter. That happens at the end. So his daughter turns around to shoot him and he says, heads up. And then the the thing kind of caps her like a frisbee. We don't see Uh, it take her head off, but we imagine (laughs) that that's what happens. The only logical conclusion. It's shot artfully. Like, it's shot, like, artfully as as much as this movie is ever artful. Where you see her turn very quickly. You see the thing fly through the air. And then you see Cap pick up the shield off the ground. And the inference is that it either crushed her skull or took her head off. There was no blood it... on the, um, <laughs> the shield. Which, which, which would imply either that she just got bashed in the head with a shield. <laughs> Or that it went so fast <laughs> that it left no blood on it. It cauterized her. <laughs> so, so yeah, we still, yeah, we didn't see any blood on that shield until 2021. That's incredible. Yes, very good. Very deep cut there until the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Uh, symbolism. That's what's important. Symbolism. Uh, but even then it goes, it's a chest shot. It's not a head shot. There's no decapitation shot there, which is interesting. One suspects perhaps because of the Disney Plus TV show, but still. Any good? I I gave I stopped watching WandaVision because I I, fi- I figured I'm I'm not I'm not really going to um to enjoy this and I should probably just stop watching every Marvel thing. It depends Andrew. until they make the two fifty. If you're not, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to watch it then if they make um kind of uh, Thor four or um or whatever they're making next. I know they have a big plan. Um, yeah. Phase four. Are you not 
have you not bought into the Marvel products? Because they've they've got me. I'm I'm completely. I am. Yeah, yeah. No, I I watched like Ant Man two, um, and um, I I I I I, I binged kind of um, a number of them one time. I watched like the the Thor movies one after the other. Um, that's what will destroy you because there's no point in watching the first two really (laughs) i will stand up for the first thor okay yeah i'll go to bat for the first thor and and the and the captain america ones it it was it was interesting because i I was i was watching them with somebody this is like years ago or i'll go to hammer for the first thor sorry (laughs) and they uh they uh uh, they fell asleep and they woke up and um, it was a different movie but in their mind <laughs> it was you know the same movie um, and then eventually having to explain that no those were two different movies um, nice. yeah well, I, yeah I, I retract my statement about the first thought I, I did really enjoy that but actually it's that's like a little micro version of what we've got going on here with Captain America, because I think the first Thor film is pared down, like by today's standards, the first Thor film is on a par with the original Captain America film <laughs> in that they weren't taking many risks with it. They, it was actually comparatively like, low excitement, low comedy, low everything compared to how particularly the Thor films are going. Um, so I think that, that's like a little um, decades long version of what we've got here with Captain America versus say Marvel Endgame. I mean, again, I think when we had Scott on, he talked about like, again, going back 10 years and talking about Green Lantern and how like by 2011, the superhero movie had already grown to the point where you're just doing generic superhero stuff is boring and forgetful. You have to do like the World War II one with Captain America. You have to do, well, the fantasy one and the fish out of water one with Thor. You have to do the, oh, you're going back to the 60s, the swing in 60s with X-Men <laughs> First Class, for example. Uh, and it just like by that stage, there were, by 2011, 10 years ago, superhero movies have become such a dominant force. That's like, yeah, we got to throw some flavor into the mix here. And it's kind of interesting to look back at this movie from like 1990 and go, eh, this was kind of like just, it was enough for it to have Captain America and the Red Skull and to hit the broadest possible. There was literally no flavor for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Like, I don't know enough. I, I, I deprecate myself every time I, I come on here. I don't know enough about film to say that superhero, like. I'm joining the club. Andy, you don't have to do this every week. But like, but superhero isn't the genre. It's like that's more of a a general setup, and then the genre becomes, you know, space opera comedy. Slash, with Guardians, for example, yeah, with or Thor Guardians Ragnarok. or Thor Ragnarok, and or like you know whatever Captain America, um, Winter Soldier was. Conspiracy know, thriller sort of seventy yeah, throwback. I mean, action I know people are like you, you can't just put put a certain number of actors in. It. Can't just put Robert Redford in there and and call it a conspiracy thriller. But I, you know, I buy into what they were going for. 
So it's, um, yeah, I, I think that superhero is just a descriptor, a stage. Yeah, it's, um, it's um, like, like, like the telling, telling the same story that's told in a comic book the same way it's told in the comic book um, is going to be exciting for some people. <laughs> I guess, but 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 it doesn't really kind of um, expand the audience of it. I guess, yeah. But again, like that—that's that's one of the things about you could argue about, like kind of superhero culture. And again, this is a, probably a bigger discussion than Captain America nineteen ninety. But the thing where we reach the point where, like Andy's right, superheroes are such a dominant cultural force that it's like you can have a superhero workplace comedy, and that's the Modoc TV show. You can have a superhero domestic trip through sitcom history, and that's WandaVision. Um, you can basically just, it's its a layer on top or perhaps a foundational layer, and then you build another genre piece on top of it. You have like a superhero Western with Logan, for example, you know, that sort of stuff going on there. Um, you arguably have like a superhero crime saga with the Dark Knight where it's just heat, but you drop Batman and the Joker into it and then just have them kind of like tear across the I was basic watching, cost structure of heat. I was watching Heat the other night and I, I just kept thinking like this, um, the Nolan movies <laughs> owe this so much Oh, yeah. um uh, debt like and obviously nolan does his own things but it, it's it's um, nolan acknowledges it like no oh, yeah like, he's, a, he's a flat out fan he's he's hosted q a's over heat like it's very like the bank manager at the start of the dark knight is the bank manager from heat which is <laughs> what's that character what? actor's name he's awesome William Fichtner, he's fantastic. Well, yeah, he he's he's like a wealth uh, fund manager yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's he's connected to the mob and that sort of stuff. And he's yeah, you don't yeah. know who you're stealing from. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking to um, I'm talking to a dead man. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody at the end of this there's line. Nobody at the end of this line. <laughs> Sorry, can you explain what you mean there? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Such a great movie. I was thinking, I was thinking the other, I was thinking like yesterday we didn't have any coffee in the house and I was thinking, what would he have been like without any coffee? <laughs> it would have been terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know the famous story that Al Pacino tells and he told it after we recorded our episode, but that Hannah was on coke. That was his approach. He was playing Hannah as somebody right. who was constantly coked up in order to function. And it's kind of interesting because like I hadn't really thought of it like that, but when you say it, it's like, that explains a lot. That explains a lot about <laughs> Al Pacino's performance in that movie, uh, where it's just, he's dead inside but incredibly loud. Well, everyone else is on coffee. No, I'm not 100% sure that I've seen Heat. I feel like I've seen maybe the opening, but I, I couldn't tell you, in all honesty, that I've seen Heat. Do yourself a favor and see Heat. And, and then see Collateral. And I, 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 I might watch Miami Vice. Shall I, shall I watch Heat instead of watching the last five minutes of Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your priorities straight. All right, then. So in terms of like Captain America, is there anything else we're talking about? Anything that we haven't discussed already? Anything jumping out at you, Andy? So anything? Um, <laughs> um, one of my favorite moments was when the um, the, the stylish um, Italian assassins like they have to get to america so there's just a shot of them in the jet reading magazines and doing their nails and that's like (laughs) the most villainous thing they do but then they get to the house and they they beat up 
Um, the the mother, it's Bernadette, isn't it? Or Bernie? It's um, Bernie. I love you, Bernie. He yeah, says as Bernie, he jumps out yeah. of the uh, out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> they beat up the old lady, and the guy's just in the doorway watching his mate beat up the old lady, and he's got this horrible smile on his face. <laughs> this is <laughs> again, a really like mean spirited. Again, something that marks it very much as a kind of a nineties movie. The fact that they chase him on dirt bikes earlier. Like through the Canadian wilderness. It's like, what do kids love? Dirt bikes. Yeah. When they go to Italy, I love that they chase them on mopeds as well. And obviously they're... Kids still love dirt bikes, they, by the that way. That is fair. <laughs> it's just their parents don't let them use them. Anymore. Just like they don't let them watch movies where people get randomly machine gunned. Or tasered in, to death. I used to live in Belcamp and Darndale. And like all the kids there had scramblers. Um, and they were just having the greatest of time. It was like it was the 90s again. <laughs> <laughs> can't even give a child a scramble can't give a kid a dirt bike anymore but like the fact that like the red skulls and the red skulls hench people are so like euro trash there's like they're they're very beautiful people they're very obviously european they're presented as kind of like hot culture to the point where like the red skull is a con- is a pianist is like a concert level pianist and it's clear that he has instilled in his daughter kind of similar tastes. And it, it, I kind of love that the movie's like, yeah, they're they're very much like, you know, the diehard. They are better than us, but we're better than them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> take that old world, um, old money. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I, I said it like um, with Scott, but that the, you, you have even failed to teach me English. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and the best part of that, though, is like the Red Skull, who is an Italian Nazi, is learning English. But Captain yeah. America, the like champion of liberal democracy, goes to Italy and cannot speak a word of Italian. Like, <laughs> no, like he's, no. he's he's completely lost <laughs> up until Sharon shows up. It's like, oh, I speak Italian, by he, the way. He doesn't. He doesn't know some Italian that even I know. Like, like, and I that like, it, 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 I don't know very much Italian at all. But like, um, no parliamo italiano. <laughs> or, or it's like um, you know, is 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 I I I don't speak Italian. Learn that first. <laughs> That's the most like learn that phrase. on the plane. What was he doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact he's that, like, putting on his costume for the first time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the nose kind of dangling out from under it. I do think, like, is there something in the way that like Captain America spends so much of this movie confused and helpless, rather than like active and decisive? Like again, in terms of this as a '90s movie. Because obviously, like, he's he goes in to fight the Red Skull and he's beaten and he's chained to the rocket. He does manage to skew the rocket off course just by, like, batting the fin with his with his foot. But then mm. he's kind of thawed out. He escapes into the wilderness. He has to be found by Sam and, like, driven away from the villains who are chasing him on dirt bikes. He then, you know, has to, like, have, like, Sharon... Sorry, I know I've said that the movie makes perfect sense, but how did that happen? <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's like it's insane. The characters just happen to be all in the same place at the same time in Canada because Canada's so small, you can find anybody there, right? That's true. They do find him with incredible ease. But like at the same time as everybody else, like Sam, the investigative journalist, finds him at the same time as the Red Skull's like Euro trash hit squad, which is great. Well, it's it, it was like parallel thinking. It's like the two the two lads who invented the color mauve. They both they both discovered it at the same time. Or um, uh, calculus with um, Isaac Newton was it Leib- Leibniz and um, 
Isaac Newton. Yeah. I think they each had their own versions of it. It's just like that yeah, with Captain America. It's clearly a work of genius, exactly is what like I'm saying. That, yeah. But like, there is something in the fact that like Steve spends so much of the movie like confused and ambling and at the mercy of absolutely everybody else and looking for direction, like needing Sharon to speak Italian for him because he has no idea what's going on, or kind of needing Sam to pick him up in the truck and drive him away. Like, I mean, is is there something in there in terms of this as a commentary on, like, post-Cold War America looking for a direction, desperately trying to find its way in a chaotic and complicated modern world? I think you're being very kind to the film there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more telling that Captain America spends a lot of the film stealing cars. Yes, <laughs> with the same routine, which I love. Like, And I love how much attention the movie pays to his routine. Because it's it's not like it's not like he waits until the person gets out to fill up some gas. He's like, no, he's like, I feel sick. Pull over. What? <laughs> Pull over. I feel sick. And then then walks off, starts to retch, waits for the person to come over. And the most hilarious shots in the movie are him running back to the car, <laughs> hoping to get in and lock the door before really, the other person arrives. It's he's really unheroic. <laughs> like all my talk about him being. Like, an American yeah, ideal. One of the first uh, awesome, awesome superhero films ever. Um, even to my, you know, childhood self, I think he does very little superheroing. And <laughs> you know, when I when I googled or, or when I looked on YouTube for Captain America, the the movie, one of the suggestions was some channel that's done a comparison of like who would win in a fight between this Steve and the the MCU Steve. Chris <laughs> Evans like, one. This <laughs> the Steve that we're talking about has no skill. <laughs> <laughs> he's rubbish at fighting. No, he's, <laughs> he's got He says no, that he was rushed through training. He's got yeah, like, no he was kind of like, at all. Yeah and like yeah. When he goes to when he goes to fight the Red Skull for the first time, he's been shot twice. Like he literally cannot stand up out of his hospital bed. And they're like, "Yep, we'll parachute you into Germany, where yeah, you can stop that. this evil plan." Like, and pl- these gunshots appear to have cured your polio. <laughs> no, no, that that was uh, that was something else. Um, Plus, I say this as someone with an annoying nasal voice that he's got the most annoying nasal voice in the world <laughs> he is no chris evans no he is not i do like those intense close-ups on his face because the weird the mask kind of flattens his nose so it always looks like he has a kind of a stubbed nose when you get these intense hero close-ups when like the red skull's like nobody cares and he's like i care and you have this shot of him juxtaposed against the blue sky and it's like that that mask doesn't flatter. No, it doesn't. It, it, he looks like John Walker in that first um, clip where you see John Walker, who whose nose is just big and round and awful, even though he's not a bad looking guy when you take the mask off. No, he's a good look, good looking guy. Um, but he but, um, but does look quite old. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're really they, laying um, into this guy. I feel bad. Yeah, no, yeah, fair, 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 fair play to him. I, to Matt I, Salinger. I, I think he he he, he Matt, Matt Salinger. I think his um, physically, he's kind of you know what you what you want in a Captain America. He's a big guy. Um, well, they're going for the Christopher, um, Christopher Reeve thing from Superman, where they're going for like a male model type figure, where it's like he looks handsome. 
he theoretically exudes all American charm, but like people forget that Reeves is actually a good actor under like underneath it all. His performance yeah. as like Superman and Clark Kent is very good. Oh, Whereas so nuanced. Salad, and this guy yeah. is like <laughs> he just wanders into scenes and says things. <laughs> it doesn't like it you know, you get the sense like there's a part in the middle where he just wanders across California, like from underneath <laughs> the dock, across the beach, down the street. And it's like, okay, I can see that you're playing to his strengths, but maybe the, like the script needs to develop this idea somewhat. As opposed to just having him wander in and then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to fight the Red Skull again. Let's get you caught up on American history. Um, like, oh, Sam was right. I shouldn't have stolen his car. Um, I feel really Let's bad get now. you caught up on history with some guy's scrapbook of disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Sam conspiracy theorist. And again, that kind of like 90s thing where it's like, I don't have time for your conspiracy theories. It's like, yeah, I got conspiracy theories. It's the 90s. That's what we do now. Uh, I'm a journalist. Let me go get my long johns out of the attic. Um, which is great. <laughs> remember, when, remember when journalism could like afford to send Ned Beatty to Canada to look for Captain America? Oh, what an overpaid man. Do you know, I, I forgot. Um, I, I, I forgot that he, he stole a car. And I'm looking at my notes that I wrote last night. Um... As listeners uh, from Saturday will recall, Andrew may have been partaking of Russia's finest export in celebration of Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> but I've written down that, like, um, actually, I'm probably not allowed to say this on the podcast, but um, uh, so-and-so steals a car. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, 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 the it also says unleaded only um, <laughs> at one point, and I guess... We hate that. I don't know. What, what what's the audience meant to kind of infer from? Like like is it the Steve Rogers is kind of like unleaded only hippies? What fresh hell is this? <laughs> no, um, because above that sign, there's something saying it was made in West, specifically West Germany. West and Germany. Like, yeah. Oh no, they won. Can I? Can I say one thing that I didn't say when I I said there was no. Um, inappropriate smoking. That's completely not true. They're, 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 he <laughs> like immediately when 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 he's taken from from the kind of party that I guess is um, his farewell. Farewell um, to polio when, party. Yeah, exactly. Where he's been chosen out of six thousand candidates <laughs> and they're having a little party, um, and he uh, he says goodbye to Bernie. And then he gets in the car, uh, taken away by Doctor Vizelli, and like immediately smokes a cigarette. That's true. <laughs> and and it is is like um, he's he's meant to be this kind of role model, I guess. But it it I it felt like he was. He's a paragon of forties values. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it feels like he's suddenly relaxed when he got into the car with Doctor Vizelli. He's like, oh. God, it's exhausting having to be perfect all the he time. Just, he just needed to spark a snout, that's all. I think so. I do love the idea, you know, of the 6,000 applicants, his lungs were the strongest. Sure, he has polio, but <laughs> yeah, he only smokes 10 a day. Two years. Yeah, he only smokes 10 a day. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I only yeah, smoke on my they, way to life-changing <laughs> procedure. <laughs> it's, uh, there's also, I think, a, a little cigar burn on the... There's like a film reel changing. 
um, on the iTunes. Yeah, of course there um, is. Hmm. Yeah, there are scan it's, lines, um, which is really like amazing. Like it's it's, and again, I, I think I told you that the director had his director's cut that he used to tour with. Um, because again, he couldn't sell it legally for a while because of rights issues. So he'd have this little reel that he would show of this terrible. And, and but, but he hasn't been able to tour because of COVID. So. Yeah, obviously. Um, but no, I mean, he did in two in two thousand thirteen. He did release his director's cut. Um, on Blu-ray, I wasn't able to get a copy to watch in time for this recording. I'm afraid to say. Um, although, and you would have you would have got it if you hadn't had time. I would have like if I'm committed, Andrew. <laughs> I'm a. I consider my research to be paramount, you know? I want to be informed when I talk about these things. It always is. It always is. (laughs) I should feel guilty. (laughs) I don't take this more seriously, he says, while eating. It's been years now, and it's been changing, so why why bother? I think this dynamic dynamic is clearly working for you. (laughs) <laughs> I, hey, 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 I I do enough work for both of us. Um, like, <laughs> I, that is true. I, I do think Back. that we. Should... <laughs> I do think actually it would be fun if after for the two hundred after the two hundredth episode, like we do like a solid month of just Andrew organizing the podcast, Andrew's guests, uh-huh. Andrew's films. <laughs> um, there's a few early episodes of the podcast where I introduced. Yeah, we, we did. We tried to make it equal. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a disaster. <laughs> we, we, we thought we'd alternate. We thought we'd go like one week I would introduce and the next week Andrew would and we go back and forth because we're... Because I, I start and then I start flubbing and then laughing and and then saying, uh... <laughs> so yes, we'll be doing that. That's our, that's our 251st episode is going to be. We're going to give it... You're going to have... You're going to run the show for a week. All the research... All the prep, now, all the guests. Now, now, now that I have the hardware, I can I can finally do it. Okay. Um, how how difficult could it be? He said. Cut to episode two hundred fifty-two. Everything's on fire. Yeah. Why is everything Goodness on fire? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that about then wraps it up. Unless there's anything else we want to talk about with Captain America nineteen ninety. So, any closing thoughts, Andy? Um, love this film. I I will watch anything that has a superhero in it, even. You know, I was so bored. I I watched the Snyder Cut on the day it came out. I don't even like the Snyder films, but that's my level of completionist religiosity regarding superhero films, just out of habit. So watch this one if you haven't seen it, even though it's terrible, but it's brilliant, but it's terrible. Have you watched the uh, Justice's Grey cut of the Snyder Cut? There's your superhero completionism. Okay. Not, not that what? bad. <laughs> Have you, you. Andrew didn't know that this was a thing. Is it fan made? No, or? it's official. It was. It's Snyder's preferred cut of the movie. It's in black and white. You can just break your laptop screen and have the same effect. I was describing how I discovered that that an insect is inside my laptop screen. Well, sorry, not my laptop screen. One 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 of my other monitor screens. Because um, I turned up the brightness on it. So hard to make out the I definition in this. Yeah, there's there's like an aphid or something, <laughs> but but uh, um, under the screen, it's not on the screen. I'm tapping it and thinking you're like, how do I? I'm not saying you're trying to like steer it, or you're trying to herd it across like the screen. It's kind of tap it like Jurassic Park, like the dinosaur kind of style. Where would I herd it to? To the edge, yeah, presumably. To an edge. <laughs> like yeah, it always goes to the edge. <laughs> 
like, <laughs> whether I heard it or not. <laughs> um, I love that it's it's it, alive. It comes back. Like, I love that it's alive. I love that it's surviving in there. It's just trapped I and terrified. I don't know what it's surviving yeah, on. Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> like, I mean, you do eat a lot of... Or how it got you in. You do eat a lot of food while we podcast, to be fair. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's entirely... I would, I would completely believe that it's surviving in there. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I think that about wraps it up then. Let's so wrap it up. So what we normally do, Dan Picasso, is we ask our guests to recommend something for listeners, something you were enjoying at the moment, something you want to share with listeners. So to give Andy a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, to give Andrew guess, a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andy to go first. Oh, um, I... Hey, I'll I'll recommend Tora Ragnarok to give um, Andy Mellowish some, some time uh, to... I, I mean, I already had um, one, so... Oh, Jesus. Andrew, don't step on the gas. Jesus. You've been hosting for all of 10 minutes. Oh, God. (laughs) And and that's your recommendation, Thor Ragnarok, as if not literally everyone has seen Thor Ragnarok. Ah, that's a good point. I was under pressure. Um, I thought I would only have to recommend one movie, and I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do mine. I recommended Gattaca. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I like this dynamic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right so, yeah, when when andrew takes over your job darren i'm going to take over andrew's job <laughs> <laughs> that's great um but okay so andy what would you recommend for listeners i can't heart, wholeheartedly recommend it but what i have watched recently um is shadow and bone on netflix because it basically exists in the eberron universe from dungeons and dragons which is steampunk fantasy and it's terrible but it's awesome much like captain america the production value is astounding is it actually eberron or is it similar no no it's it's not actually eberron but it is it's it's steampunk with magic the production value on it is is astounding actually like it looks production value is like massive is it is it better than our um, magic steampunk adventure? Nothing could be better than our magical steampunk adventure, Andrew. But for a wider audience, yes, one hundred percent, it's better than our. <laughs> Imagine if we thought that, like, we had something, and we're like, people are gonna love this. I mean, and, uh, some somehow say if we were like jeans millionaires, like um, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, what's his name, Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like let's like let's make this let's um, make a TV show based uh, on Andrew's improvisation. <laughs> Christopher Nolan sues you, and you end up. Um... Yeah, well, I did, I did, I did, I did uh, rip off the Dark Knight, but also at the same time ripped off uh, Dark Knight Rises. So I think yeah, it's you, okay. Yeah, you, you ripped off two um, of Grant. Yeah, a little bit from Colm Adams and Colm Um All right, so Andrew, do you want to take a second shot of recommendation? Since uh, we apparently Thor Ragnarok is not a good one. That is not my opinion, but we defer to our expert guest. Officially. Um, the second Thor movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're okay, doubling I'll down. We are doubling down. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
All right, then. If I am recommending something very quickly off the top of my head, I quite liked Invincible on Amazon. It is an animated superhero show, which has a fantastic cast. I think I've recommended it before. Jason Manzoukas is in there for... Yeah, uh, I should check that out. I agree. It's awesome. It is. It's got a very good cast. It's very... It's it's weirdly traditional superhero stuff, but it's very, very well told. has a very good appreciation of the genre and its conventions. J.K. Simmons um, is at Steve Yu, and it's, it, they're, they're fantastic together anyway. Uh, and just comic books in general um, as well, because I'm a big geek who loves comic books i've been reading la Coates and matt walsh's secret avengers and absolutely loving it because i'm on a bit of a modoc kick with the uh Patton oswald tv show at the moment so and uh grant morrison and um jg jones's uh marvel boy which is a, a 2000s run that everybody forgets exists which is fantastic as well is is it too late to plug pirates of ghost island <laughs> yes scott mendelson's worst movie the worst movie that scott mendelson has ever seen Pirates of Ghost <laughs> Island with only 244 votes, a score of 1.5 out of 10, and yes, released on VHS on September the 11th. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's the perfect story. Sorry. So yes, Andrew, yeah. have you seen Pirates of Ghost Island? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. Okay. I can't recommend okay. it. Yeah. All right then. So if people looking for a bit more Andy online, where can we find you? What you at? What you doing now? Eloquent bear, you eloquent bear. Eloquent bear, usually, um, I haven't updated that in a while. But oh, I've started uh, posting on Vocal now. You can find me uh, under my name of Andy Melhirsch. Um, Vocal is a um, like a self-publishing site where you know people will just get money if if you just look at oh their work. That's really good. That's something that people should absolutely support. So yeah, yeah Vocal yeah, Andy Melhirsch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. Give Andy some love. And also some hey views. Andy, Y-M-E-L-H-U-I-S-H. That's your little uh, jingle. Okay, bye forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us for this special midweek episode, this supplementary episode of Captain America. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be back in our regular Sunday slot. We are covering another movie from the Bottom 100, a movie that Andrew is very excited about. I said, Andrew, I've got some news. There's a new entry on the Bottom 100. Andrew's like, ah, do we have to do it? This is very exhausting. Do we have to cover every new movie that comes in? I sent him a trailer and Andrew's like, we got to do this. And that movie is Salman Khan in Da Bang 3. The Bang 3. No, You've not no. seen The Bang or The Bang 2. Now, The Bang 3. <laughs> well, it's okay because it's, a, it's, it's in, a circumquel. It's both a prequel and a sequel to the other two The Bang movies. It's, it's, Despite the fact it, he's 30 it, years uh, older than he was when he made the first one. And they don't have that Martin Scorsese re-aging money. Because the, the last Salman Khan movie we watched was Race With 3. Race 3, yes. And we did not see Race or Race 2. No. No, not even you. Not even I. I couldn't find Racer Race 2. I don't even know if they exist. They may just have stuck three on it. Even though the theme song is, they're going back to the race. Um, like they, they play that music sing on virtually every scene transition, which leads me to believe that there must have been a race and a race 2. Yeah. Um, but yes. It, but yeah, it, race. Or it, it, it's a clever marketing ploy where it's like people will only go to see franchises. Yeah. So let's just pretend that there were two other movies before this one. That's so cost effective. Yeah, everybody knows the hardest part of launching a franchise is getting the first movie right. Think of how many movie franchises have faltered because the first movie failed. I mean, like, think of, like, the Dark Universe. Think of the Golden Compass. We have a solution to that. We're just going to start with three. That's the plan. Yeah. How many movie? How many right. franchises fail in the third movie? Start with number four, like George Lucas. 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, sorry. Yes, that is that is a good buy. But it is available on Amazon Prime if listeners want to check it out and join us to talk about Debang on Saturday. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye. This Bye. is Can't See You Dance, Andrew.